What is up, everybody? This is Brayden from Flint Mastering, and I am the host and content curator of the Mixing Music Podcast exclusive episodes. And today we have for you an exclusive archive, which means you're going to hear an exclusive episode that DK and I recorded almost a year ago. You're going to have the chance to hear what our exclusive episodes are all about and how much fun and learning goes on between me and DK as we discuss technical tips and important techniques in relation to producing mixing, and mastering. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to be a part of the exclusive content we provide twice a week, you can do so by heading over to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And we couldn't do this podcast without you. I hope you enjoy this episode of the exclusive archives. And with that, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. And welcome back to another exclusive subscriber-only episode of the Mixing Music Podcast. Sorry I did that intro. Sounded like I was choking for some reason. I'm your host for today, Brayden from Flint Mastering. And joining me is the legend, the myth, the man. I did that totally out of order, but here he is, Daddy DK. What's up, DK? What up? Let's get right into this clip. I have some thoughts, some hot takes. We're going to get right, right into it. Perfect. Let's do it. So before we get into it, as always, thank you for subscribing. We love you. We appreciate you. And we could not do this without you. So today we have a clip from Graham Cochran from The Recording Revolution quoting Mixed by Ali about mixing in mono. So without further ado, Graham Cochran slash Ali, roll the tape. I always say if you could make one change to the way you mix your music to see way better results, it would be to mix in mono. In fact, one of hip hop's most sought after mix engineers, Derek Ali, who really rose to fame when he mixed Kendrick Lamar's award-winning To Pimp a Butterfly, is a huge advocate of mixing in mono. And in an article on Sound on Sound, he broke down why he does this and what the process looks like for him. Ali shares this surprising fact about how he gets his mixes to sound so good. About 80% of my time mixing, I spend listening to just one Oritone speaker. So yes, in mono. Dr. Dre always told me that if I could get something to sound amazing on crappy speakers, it'll sound brilliant on normal speakers. So I try to get a great mix on the Oritone, and then I'll go to the NS10s. So 80% of To Pimp a Butterfly was mixed in mono on this crappy speaker. Very interesting. Now listen to what Ali says is the reason why he does this. I mix on just one tone because I like specific elements of the mix to pop out. And listening in mono on that speaker really helps me define that. It's difficult to assess your balance in stereo. Whereas when you listen in mono, you can gauge the true value of how everything sits in the mix. So two huge points about this quote. Ali's saying that when you mix in mono, it helps you identify problem frequencies to make sure everything's poking out in the mix, right? And then also it allows you to get a true balance. So you're not fooled by stereo. Alrighty, DK, so we got 
I think some good practical advice and also kind of a hot take in this clip where we get a quote from Ali, how he talks about mixing in mono is a really good way to make your mixes sound amazing. Graham says that's a good way to up your mixes, make them sound better. So DK, is mixing in mono the secret sauce to improving your mixes? Okay, uh, let's talk about the things that I agree with first <laughs> off. Um, I, agree, I agree that when you mix things in mono... Um, you no longer are able to hide masking frequencies by spreading them apart in the stereo field. For example, you're going to find that things that you put in the left and things that you put in the right are clashing with each other once you put them in the center. And it is one way of referencing and figuring out how to get even more clarity um, by, by not hiding behind um, you know, uh, the stereo field. Okay, now that's about as far as I agree with. There's, there's actually many big points um, that I want to talk about that I think are incredibly important. I think general consensus from mixers, professional mixers, and, and I'm not saying that this is the hard rule and that you're a lesser of a mixer that if you believe anything else, but the general consensus is mono is great for referencing, not something to leave in while, while, you're, in the, while you're mixing the entire song. I have a uh. mix cube. I love my mix cube. In fact, I recommend everybody, if you have the ability, of, uh, the money, the income, as well as uh, you know, the space on your desk, to have one single mono mix cube, that's, it's a great reference speaker. In fact, it might be a better reference speaker than another pair of smaller Yamahas, you know, or whatever. Um, it's, it's a great reference speaker uh, for mono listening. Okay. Where we get it wrong is I don't think – and if I do a mix on my mix cube and my mix cube alone, it's not going to sound good. It's not. Um, <laughs> when you can't hear frequencies past a certain point and you can't hear frequencies below a certain point, there's no way that I can mix those frequencies well. The reason why we get nice speakers is to be able to hear what we're doing with the songs. And yes, when you can't hear those top and lower frequencies, it lets you hyper-focus on the mid-range. But if you're trying to guess how much top end you're putting in and how much low end you're putting in because you're forcing yourself to do that, that's fucking unbelievable. That's crazy. <laughs> um, second, a couple other points that I want to make. So, yes, reference in mono. That's a great idea. Like switch between back and forth and, and listen to it and see if you hear anything. Get some different insight. I would not mix in mono permanently, um, even if it's using the same speakers. I would not do that. Um, that's not how pe most people are going to be listening to music anyway. Uh, number two, uh, this is this is kind of concerning, and I think I'm going to get some flack for this, but I think that there's a deep truth beyond what is initially is going to do. Um, Mixed by Ali um, was mentored and worked under Dr. Dre, as he mentions, right? And oftentimes we hear. And it was Dr. Dre that told him, if you mix on a shitty speaker in mono, that it's going to sound good on big speakers. Um, I love Dr. Dre, and I think his music is awesome, is, is incredibly influential. But that's what happens. Guess what happens when you take advice from a non-mixer? <laughs> you get <laughs> shitty mixes. And, and to be fair, To Pimp a Butterfly is one of the worst-sounding, high-level, high-played albums I've ever heard. Like, the shit is flat, meaning there's not a lot of dynamic. It's not exciting sonically at all. And it's like it's, it sounds like it was mixed by someone in the late 90s. But it was a record <laughs> that came out in 2015. It I do not like Mixed by Ali's early career mixes. It, it wasn't until the last couple years that it started to be okay with it. And I think Kendrick Lamar was onto something when he decided to hire Manny Mariquin to mix his, this last album instead of, <laughs> instead of Derek Ali. No, I'm not saying that he's the worst mixer ever, and I'm not hating on him. I think he actually has really great work. 
But at the time, is that his best work? No. And it definitely wasn't because he mixed on a mono. Like, he didn't make good <laughs> mixes because he mixed in a mono mix cube. In, yeah. in fact, that might have been his demise. If uh, There's probably multiple variables. Um, but I think that that's important to recognize. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that, that album was not sonically impressive at all. Um, the songs were amazing. And that's a great example of where creativity, lyricism, and songwriting well trumps the sonic ability and execution of a song. Um, and that's from Kendrick, right? And that's it's Kendrick. Kendrick. And I think, and if I'm yeah. not mistaken, that album won Nobel Prizes. I know a Nobel Prize. I think Kendrick won a Nobel Prize for that album, I, I which right. it's obviously an incredibly not just a great album, but a damn fucking important one. And I'm not going to downplay that. But we're talking specifically from a mixer. Be careful who you take advice from because they they might not help you be better. Like, like you should, to a certain degree, I recommend maybe the challenge for this episode is you go and listen to my mixes and figure out what you like or don't like about my mixes and kind of, like, if you listen to movie reviewers, you know, on YouTube or game reviewers, the reason why you're able to take away whether that game or movie is actually good to your own taste is by going back and looking to what other movies and games that they liked and didn't like before. For example, there's a big, there's a, a video game donkey made a video about movie reviewers and about this concept. He's like, there's a famous movie critic out there who shits on every single good, thoughtful, philosophical movie that actually provokes the human spirit and then absolutely loves shitty moral movies that like genuinely just just promote the message um, <laughs> of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's like, and, and, but because of that, because he's consistent, he's able to determine, okay, if this guy likes it, that means that's a shitty movie and there's still value in his. <laughs> so I think <laughs> you should, you should listen to my mixes and determine what I like. And, and wh who knows, maybe to pimp a butterfly is one of your favorite mixes sonically. And now you know where I come from. I think it's important to, to at least determine and not just believe me or anyone for the willy nilly of it. Um, Warren Hewitt is a great producer and a great mixer. Um, but there's a reason why he has other people, other mixers teach concepts when it comes to hip hop music, you know, like he's not teaching yeah. hip hop concepts. He's having somebody else do it. Um, and that's, and that's very smart. That's very good, good for him. I, I think there's a lot of things to take away from this, but the biggest being, I'm sorry, I'm just bent over, like hung up on. Yeah. Mixed by Ali pimp a butterfly was not the best sonically. Like we shouldn't be looking up to him. An example, like same with, same <laughs> with like 40 Drake's producer, one of Drake's producer, great yeah. producer, amazing producer, Above par, really great producer. Anytime he actually submits and his, the, his mix is accepted, it sounds like shit, sonically. Um, production is great. It sounds like shit sonically. And uh, <laughs> be careful yeah. who you take advice from, is all I'm saying. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not, it's not, a, and it's funny because I hope nobody listens to my rant as like a jealousy thing. Because if <laughs> I think it's a good mix, I'll tell you it's a good mix. Yeah, but in this case, I, I just I just think that it's a bad example. Um, so anyway, uh, that's my thoughts. Wait, do you have any thoughts? I mean, I I don't know. It's kind of like apparently, you know, Ali says he mixed at the time eighty percent of his stuff in the mix cubes, and then the the remaining twenty percent on NS tens. Which honestly, I think NS tens sound like garbage. You know, I'm pretty sure they're designed to sound like that. I think the mix cube doesn't sound great obviously it's designed to sound they like they both that. sound like garbage yeah but like 
I don't know, man, to just do like 80% of your mixing in mono, especially in a time when everything is stereo except for the store, like the speakers in a grocery store. Dude, you know if, I mean? he's like, mix, if he's mixing only on NS10s and mix cubes, that means the entire low end spectrum of all of those songs and the top end spectrum of all of those songs was either molded mostly by the mastering engineer or he totally guessed. Yeah. That's all it was. Like you yep. have to have reference speakers that are also full range. And yeah. and oftentimes that is headphones. Headphones have great reliable low end. Yeah. No, it was, and, and that's the thing that I totally agree with DK on that if you're going to use stuff like that, then use it as a reference. And I'm not saying you can't mix on NS10s. Obviously people have been doing it forever. They people that are way better than me, you know? But like Use those things, or, or if you're going to use a mix cube specifically, use it as a reference. It's a really great tool, like DK said, to find when frequencies might be masking each other, just to check. You know, make sure your mix is solid and that it's good to go. For some reason, Ali said it allows him to pop things out of the mix that he wants to hear. I guess that's his workflow, and I guess it didn't work in the case of To Pimp a Butterfly, but if it normally works for him, then, I, you know, that's his thing. And, you know, he's done a lot of great stuff for engineers with his engineers platform and lots of awards and all that stuff. So we can say nothing about that, but, like, I don't know. And he's I a great like- person. Like, I really love him as a person. I think he's a phenomenal entrepreneur as well. Yes. And a business yeah. owner. I actually have nothing nothing bad to say about him as a person. Um, and I want distinct- to distinguish and, and say... Specifically, we're talking about the sonics of a song, yeah, of a of an album. Yeah. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to relay anything about him as a person. I think he's actually a, a phenomenal person. Yeah, when I just as a mastering engineer, I just feel like everything at every stage in the process. Maybe maybe not necessarily production, but like I just feel like you sh- if you have the resources to do it, do as much as you can on a full range set of speakers, and then check on mix cubes and references from there. Uh, some of my good friends that are mix engineers, one of my friends in Nashville, that's what he does. He has full range speakers and then or, he checks his yeah. own mix and cubes. It, and even if you do most of it on a mix cube, like as long as you're confident about knowing that that works for you and then you reference on full range monitors, it doesn't matter, that, yes. but it's like, you can't just do it on mix cubes. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. can't. Exactly. It's not the fifties. <laughs> so um, anyway, I, I did want to say Kendrick Lamar, did not actually win a Nobel Peace Prize. To Pimp a Butterfly got a Grammy Award, and then he won a Pulitzer Prize. Pulitzer, that's what it was. For his album Damn, though, I believe. Ah, yeah. crap. So, wrong one, but that's wrong okay. one. We're, we're correcting the misinformation. Hopefully hopefully, people that <laughs> called me out on it are listening up to this point to hear, me, hear us correct my mistake. Yes, and Kendrick Lamar was the first rapper in history to win the Pulitzer Prize. That's, so that's, that's pretty cool. That's incredible. Yeah, no, Kendrick is is a very important rapper for sure. Yes. Sweet. Well, uh, I think that's a good spot to wrap up there. You know, basically just whatever you're using to mix, make sure you're referencing other stuff, even if it's your AirPods. I always check all my masters in my AirPods because I know that's what 90% of people listen to music on. And so just make sure whatever you're going to do, have another point of reference and you'll be totally fine. So with that, links.dkmixes.com, dkmixes.com forward slash videos and join the Mixing Music Discord if you haven't already. Thank you, thank you, thank you for subscribing. We love you, we appreciate you, and we couldn't do this without you. And with that, DK, sign us off, my man. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy.